Welcome to AJHP Voices, now comprising interviews on contemporary pharmacy issues and discussions with AJHP authors. The service was formerly known as AJHP Podcasts. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. This is William Zelmer for AJHP Voices, speaking with two authors of the paper entitled Effects of a Hospital-Wide Pharmacy Practice Model Change on Readmission and Return to Emergency Department Rates. I'm speaking with Dr. Samuel Andereg and Dr. Samana Wilkinson. Dr. Andereg, at the time of the study, was PGY2 Health System Pharmacy Administration resident at the University of Kansas Hospital and School of Pharmacy in Kansas City. He is currently Pharmacy Manager Oncology Service Line, Georgia Regents Medical Center in Augusta. Dr. Wilkinson is Assistant Director of Pharmacy Clinical Services at the University of Kansas Hospital in Kansas City. Samad, I have the first question for you. Would you please describe briefly the study hospital? Sure. We are an academic medical center located in Kansas City, Kansas, right on the state line between Kansas and Missouri. Roughly about 700 licensed beds at this time. Average daily census is about 560. We are a patient-centered model, pharmacy services related. The majority of patients that enter the organization have a pharmacist that that cares for them daily on rounds. About 10% of our patients do not, and that's roughly the uh, study hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, the study that's described in this paper evaluates an overchange you made in your inpatient pharmacy practice model. Please describe that change. The change was really geared towards implementing transitions of care for our patients. And what that meant to us was really supporting them upon admission, supporting them upon transfer from floor to floor within the organization, and then supporting them on discharge. And so we looked for ways that pharmacy or pharmacists and pharmacy representatives could get involved in that, making sure that there is a high level of support during those patient transition times. Well, your studies uh, focus specifically on the effect of the practice model change on 30-day readmissions and returns of discharge patients to the emergency department. Were there any additional reasons for changing the practice model? You know, for us, in addition to those things, there was a philosophical change that we wanted to have within our organization and the pharmacy culture, and that really centered around making sure that every patient that walked into the organization had some sort of interaction with a pharmacist, whether that was on admission through the medication reconciliation process, transfer from the ICU to a step-down floor, or discharge through education and materials upon discharge for support. We really wanted patients to understand that there is a pharmacist that's caring for them while they're in the hospital. And just because they don't see us in the back end, we wanted to change things up a little bit and make sure that people understood that that pharmacists were there to support them during their admission. Very good. Well, Sam, let me turn to you for this next question. I know that this research was a part of a PGY2 residency project for you. So could you please describe the methodology of the study? Absolutely. The study was a pre-post observational study. 
looking at our department's impact on readmission and return to emergency department rates, as you said, over the course of about six months. So data for our control group came from the three months prior to our practice model implementation. And data for the intervention group was from the first three months of our practice model change. And what our intervention was looking at um, increased direct patient care provided by the pharmacy teams in the form of admission and discharge med reconciliation for all patients and then discharge counseling for our high-risk subgroup. You mentioned the pharmacy team, and I know from the paper that uh, you considered pharmacy students uh, doing experiential rotations as a part of that team. Could you just comment on the full composition of the pharmacy team? Sure. We looked at the pharmacy team to consist of really a, a lead pharmacist, and we call them an attending pharmacist. Also incorporated our pharmacy residents. We have PGY2 and PGY1 residents at our hospital, as well as pharmacy students on rotation. Another component to that is our medication reconciliation technicians, which was added to part of our practice model change as well. They focus primarily, as their name reflects, on medication reconciliation. And we wanted to elevate everyone's practice kind of to the top of their license their abilities. And that was, I think, a key to the success of our practice model change. You assess the effects of this new practice model on non-high-risk patients and on high-risk patients. For study purposes, how did you define high-risk? We defined high-risk patients as anyone admitted to the hospital with a primary diagnosis of congestive heart failure, acute myocardial infarction, pneumonia, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, or anyone discharged on anticoagulation. And we focused on these because looking at previous literature, we noticed that these patient populations were at highest risk for readmission. And these are the ones that CMS and other payers are really looking at for reimbursement changes. So we wanted to focus on these as our high-risk patient group. Well, let's jump to the results of your assessment. What did you find? So we found that there was no real significant impact on our composite outcome when we looked at the overall study population, but we did find a significant decrease in readmission rates on our high-risk subgroup, and that was around 5.5%. And within the high-risk subgroup, we saw you know, dramatic decreases in readmissions for particularly COPD patients and, and acute myocardial infarction patients. However, the reductions in these were, were non-significant, I think it was most likely due to probably the small sample size when we break those down. Well, your paper comments also on uh, some cost implications here. Uh, what were the projected cost uh, factors or implications of the lower readmission rate by high-risk patients? We try to quantify the cost of a readmission using the UHC Clinical Resource Manager database. And we estimated, and this is based on our study hospital, that a readmission costs about $10,500 in direct costs. And these are pharmacy expenses, supplies, labs, radiology, et cetera and about 15000 in total costs, and that attempts to factor in labor and overhead. And when we extrapolated the percentage reduction we saw in readmissions, we estimated our savings to be around $800,000 or $1.15 million annually when you're looking at direct and total cost, respectively, in the mm -hmm. new practice model. Mm, quite impressive. Samana, let me turn to you. The paper does not comment on how these savings relate to the added cost of the new practice model, but is there anything you'd like to say about that? Sure. Sam did a really good job of summarizing the cost-benefit for us. One of the things that we've focused on with this, as opposed to it being a cost-savings initiative, is really more focused on this, this is a quality-based initiative. And so we haven't spent a, a tremendous amount of time evaluating the cost 
and the cost benefit to the organization, which I know is not ideal. However, we've gotten lots of comments and lots of praise from executives and, and healthcare providers within the organization commenting on the level of quality that has gone up with the medication reconciliation process because we've gotten involved with this new practice model. Sam, um, from your perspective, what do the findings in this study add to the existing literature? So when we're going back and looking at previous studies published on this topic, we noticed that a lot of them focused on pilot projects, specific patient populations, specific diagnoses. And what we think that this really adds to the literature is it looks at the entire hospital, looks at implementing one big bang practice model implementation and the effect on that. And so we're looking at several different patient populations at once. We think that this kind of adds an additional level of evidence to the body of literature. Simon, I'd like to come back to you. Did the pharmacy department further refine the new practice model with respect to medication reconciliation and patient education as a result of this research or perhaps other developments uh, over time in the department? Absolutely. Like Sam said, we went with the big bang approach. When we went live, we had a lot of assumptions that we had to make. Once our pharmacists and our technicians and the rest of the pharmacy team really got into the new practice model, they had a lot of really great ideas and ways that we can improve and optimize what we've been doing. And so we've implemented a frontline staff group that focuses on optimization and, and workflows. We have put a lot of the readmission rates in front of the staff so that they know how they're doing and, and allow them to comment on how we can further improve those outcomes and really just have encouraged them to, to get involved and really own this new practice model. Sam, I wonder, uh, you know, there's a, given your experience with this uh, project uh, and reflecting on the fact that there's a very high level of interest in the United States in objective evidence about optimal pharmacy practice models for inpatient pharmacy practice, what topics would you nominate for high priority research on this issue uh, in the future? We're confident in the fact that we know that we can impact patient outcomes. We just have to look for more specifics behind that. What I mean by that is, is focus on what outcomes we really believe that we can impact and then look at the very specific interventions that we need to make to impact those outcomes. The more body of literature coming out, looking at specific patient populations and focusing on certain outcomes, we're going to be able to really well define what our role is on the patient care team and then continue to study that and refine that and, and really roll that out to the public so that they know what the role the pharmacist plays in, in inpatient and outpatient practice. Well, uh, Dr. Sam Andereg and Dr. Samana Wilkinson, thank you very much for taking time to discuss your important AJHP paper with me, and congratulations on the project and the excellent way it was executed. Thank you so much. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org.